Hey, you all. Welcome back to the Definitely Not Simple Life podcast. Here are your hosts, Angela at Axe and Root Homestead, Mandy at Wild Oak Farms, and Renee at Mountain Woods Farm. Enjoy. Whatever role they play, our animals are an important part of our lives. And as much as we count on them, they count on us all the more. To protect them, to help them grow and thrive, treating them as well as they treat us. That's why we're here, to make their lives the best they can be. Manapro, nurturing life. Visit Manapro.com and follow us at Manapro Homestead. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Definitely Not Simple Life podcast. It's Renee, and I'm here with Mandy, and I'm here with Angela, and y'all, we're going to talk about pumpkins today, and I, not only is this like seasonally appropriate, but I'm pretty excited because we got some questions in that definitely made us think and do some Googling, so, but I'm excited to get this episode started. I think we're going to talk everything from like planting pumpkins to possibly harvesting pumpkins, and also y'all had some questions about food, which I'm excited about, so let's dive in and do this. Let's do it. So, y'all, I obviously don't grow pumpkins up here in the Antarctic, so I am going to ask both you all some pumpkin questions, if that is okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, all right, so listen, I didn't even know, like, different breeds of pumpkins existed until, like, I started following y'all on the Instagram and, like, the great girl along. There are mint colored pumpkins. There are like wart pumpkins. There are flat mm-hmm. pumpkins. There are skinny pumpkins. There are tall pumpkins. I'm here for all the pumpkins. Uh-huh. And y'all make me want to move at a lower elevation so that I could also have a pumpkin patch. <laughs> so, Fair enough. It is very exciting. Isn't it exciting? I didn't, it I literally had no idea like all the varieties. Like we found uh-huh. a white pumpkin at Whole Foods and I was like, I need to buy it just because it's a white pumpkin. <laughs> so I just, just humor me. All right. So. If both of you were to pick like your favorite variety of pumpkin to plant, what would it be? Oh gosh. Favorite type of pumpkin? Pumpkin. Yeah, like a variety, like whatever breed you like. Like for me, I I would be the mint pumpkins all day. That's like my jam. Mm -hmm. I think the full moon pumpkins, um, people have probably seen them at like landscaping centers and nurseries this time of year. They're the big white pumpkins. Uh Um, They're just a little bit eye-catching. I like that they can get massive. Those have become kind of the signature here at the farm. Yeah, you've grown them in with pretty good success. I don't know that I have a specific. I like the warty kind, but I'm mm-hmm. and I don't. I terrible. I don't even know really probably an actual name. Um, but honestly, if I had to pick, it would just be like a a sugar pie pumpkin because I mean we eat them and then they're also kind of cute to put on the porch and stuff. Now, are yeah. they orange and small, or what do they look like? Yeah, they're just like the pie pumpkins that you can get nice. at the store. Um, then, you know, there's several different varieties, um, but they're relatively, in my experience, like pretty okay. easy to grow because yeah. I think that when we grow pumpkins, we as a whole, um, everybody wants like a giant pumpkin, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it's super frustrating when you don't get the giant pumpkins, but you can always grow a tiny one. They all... They always pretty much come to fruition, so I'm all about the um, the functionality and then the success. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard that it's not always easy 
to plant pumpkins and actually even get them to grow, right? I've seen so many posts, you know, through the great grow along where people would say things like, oh yeah, like the first year I was obsessed about it, planted the seeds, like nothing came up. Like the second year, still didn't get anything. The third year, I just said, whatever, and forgot about it. And then they got this like beautiful pumpkin patch. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit deeper, but I mean, um, pumpkins are really touchy and when you plant them depending on where you are in the united states or i guess in the world right and also um pests are a huge issue with just pumpkins and squash in general and it tends to correlate at least in my opinion towards like in here in missouri we plant pumpkins pretty much if you just want to do direct seed or you're putting a transplant out in about late june like the first of july is pretty much when we would do it and it's hot and um, you're already like deep in all of your other you know, produce and harvest, like tomatoes and stuff like that. And so a lot of times when the, the bugs become super prevalent, I'm just ready to give up if I'm honest. So it becomes a, a battle, um, a battle of that. Yeah, your summer was not easy this year. Yeah. <laughs> so that actually was our first question. They want to know when and where to plant. So I know it has to do with your grow zone. So Mindy, you were saying you plant mostly like June, July. And then Angela, is, is yours the same? I actually plant a little earlier. My zone's a little different than Mandy's. So I plant at the end of May. Some people start their seeds in a greenhouse or in like seed trays. And you absolutely can do that. But like Mandy said, they're really touchy. And so the best thing to do is just direct sow the seeds in the ground if you can. Yeah. Um, definitely cannot have any sign of frost they will not tolerate it at all and um the soil just needs to be warm and it needs to be a full sun location the other thing is you can't just stick it in any soil and think a pumpkin is gonna grow they are insanely heavy feeders like they need all the food in the garden they need it all So what I do is either plant in or around my compost heap, or I build new pumpkin patches. So what that means is all summer long, I have been carting manure from my horse stable and essentially dropping it in a location that's going to be the pumpkin patch for next year. It's been breaking down all summer long. It's going to break down over the winter. Come spring, you know, late spring when it's time to plant, I'm going to have a nice field of composted manure that's going to be ready for the pumpkins. They really do need a lot. And they get so big, most of the varieties, that a trellis won't support them. Um, So you really should give them their own space because otherwise they're just going to take over your garden. Yeah. Uh, Angela, and I mean, I know that we know what we're talking about when you say feed, but you want to just go into a little bit of detail about what do you mean by feeding, that they're heavy feeders? Sure. So um, we talk about fertilizing with composted manure or even like a slow release vegetable fertilizer a lot when it comes to certain crops. Pumpkins being heavy feeders mean that means that they absorb a ton of nutrients from the soil. And essentially what you're left with is depleted soil by the time the plants are done growing. They're really working hard to absorb nitrogen and that's how they get those long stems and all of the foliage. And then they also absorb potassium and phosphorus, and that's contributing to the fruit production. And most of the time, the pumpkins that people want to grow aren't these teeny tiny little Jack B. Littles. They want jack-o'-lanterns and they want like pie pumpkins, which tend to be on the larger side, thus more energy, more food from the soil. And so it really is just something that requires a lot of compost and a lot of amending. 
Do yeah. they also require a lot of water? Mm, I think it depends on your climate and yeah. the location. You know, in the spring, everybody's so excited and we get out there and we add compost. But um, especially for these really heavy feeders, so your melons and even things like, like cucumbers that can be kind of um, touchy. I know we're not talking about that, but um, specifically with the heavy feeding plants, it takes anywhere from about three to six months to change any type of pH in your garden. So mm. if you're if you need to or feel like you need to, um, you should. I mean, take a really honestly, you should take a, a soil sample if you if you wanted to do it the, the quote unquote right way. But adding manure in the fall is going to set you up much. Um, like from for better success for the spring, and then you can just top dress like when you when you plant. So that's that's just kind of a tidbit that I did not know honestly that it took that long. I knew it took a, a period of time, um, but I didn't think it took that long. So that's why it's important to start doing that now. And the other thing is too with all of those nutrients that you're putting into the soil is to cover it because if yes. you leave it exposed. And just say, okay, good, that's in place. I'm going to leave it and I'm not going to come back and touch it until spring. All of the uh, top layers, all of the elements, all of the nutrients, they're going to get washed out. They're going to evaporate, like all kinds of things. They just disappear. So it's best to cover with straw or some sort of, you know, barrier, some sort of layer of protection to make sure that all of the good stuff stays in place. Yeah. So totally we have like great. one pumpkin farm, <laughs> like within <laughs> two hours of us. And we actually went to go visit it not too long ago. They actually, to speak to the point you both were just making, they will plant and then they actually cover with burlap. Oh. Mm, that makes sense. So I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure if they're doing that to try and get as much moisture because as you all know, like Colorado, we're so dry, right? We're in a drought pretty much always. It was probably to block weed seeds too. Yeah, could, yeah, could very well be. Although most most times nothing really grows. So, yeah. <laughs> so this actually, speaking of reseeding, we had a question where somebody asked, "Is it okay just to leave like a few pumpkins, like where they are, to like naturally reseed, or do you not see like as good of crop if you decide to do it that way?" I mean, I have my answer, but Mandy, what's yours first? Gosh, I wonder. Now I'm wondering what your answer is. My answer would be, I mean, no. I mean, it's definitely going to reseed, but my concern would first go to pests. And then, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would say no. I mean, I at the end of the season, I'm ripping out all of the squash and the pumpkins and stuff like that and actually burning that material. Yeah, same. So my answer is absolutely not. I mean, I'm not going to tell somebody or like scold them for having a pop, uh, pumpkin, you know, rotten place and then leaving it there. But here's the thing. Um, we practice crop rotation for a reason. And mm -hmm. that's because squash vine borers, squash bugs, uh, they live within the plant material, yeah. the stem and the, the leaves and the foliage. They live in that entire vine. And so if you let a pumpkin and its vine rot in place, they're going to overwinter there. Yep. And yes, you may have some success with a few of those pumpkins coming back the following season. But more than likely, you're just increasing your chances of an infestation of squash bugs. Yep. Not to mention powdery mildew and any other diseases or conditions that plant may have had. So it's really just best, like Mandy said, to burn the vines. 
because you don't want them in your compost heap and then go, go spread that somewhere. Yeah. Burn it, get rid of it, and start fresh next season. Yeah. I mean, they're going to grow to your point. Yeah. Like they probably will grow and it's awesome. I mean, who doesn't want a free plant, but for best success, um, these type of plants, um, have to be rotated and have to be ripped out at the end of the year. Right. No, that's good to know. And actually you both talked about pests. We got so many questions in about squash bugs. So I just learned, obviously, if I want to try to avoid them, I have to be <laughs> For the best start, rip off all my pumpkins. Don't just let my pumpkins hang around to try and reseed on their own. So that would be step one. I know we kind of talked about squash bugs with our pest episode, uh, but do you both want to revisit that quickly and give a little bit more information about like specifically for pumpkins for people that are maybe dealing with the squash bugs? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I think that we've kind of touched on what is going to be most, most important. It's hard is the rotation of the crops, right? It's really hard. Um, if I'm, I mean, if you garden organically, to my knowledge, there's not, there are not very many, if any at all that I can think of off the top of my head, resistant to pest pumpkin varieties. There are a few like butternut squash varieties that are pretty resistant to, Pest and they will thrive like literally if the vines get destroyed by anything you will still get a decent crop of a butternut squash but pumpkins because they're such heavy feeders and because it's just really hard to control those those bugs I mean I don't have any huge recommendations for an organic gardener of course you can spray if you want to um, and for some people, if you're just growing them for like ornamental use, that, that is fine. Um, we don't because we eat them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think organic gardening wise, it's all just going to be about prevention and rotation and, um, you know, you, you can try some interplanting with nasturtiums. Um, they tend to repel squash bugs, but that should not be be your answer to just saying, oh, I'm going to go ahead and just plant my pumpkins in the same spot. I'll just do nasturtium. I mean, that's not, that's not enough. Um, really the best answer is just preventing the problem by burning previous plants and moving the crop. It's yeah. hard. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard because it almost feels like you, you put in a lot and this is for any gardening really at all, but, um, some of these things are just really, really hard to prevent and or control like squash vine bores and things like that. And, um, so don't be so hard on yourself because if anybody grows a pumpkin, they're going to deal with it. It's just, it, it's just the way it is. Just comes to the territory. It so kind of got, yeah. Yeah. So your best advice is just like make the, make the habitat like inhospitable to these, to these little, little bugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in small varieties too, like Angela said about trellising and stuff like that, smaller varieties, if you can get them up off the ground, I've found that it works a little bit better, but your larger ones that obviously are going to grow on the ground are not, uh, that, that's not an option. So they're going to be more susceptible. And that makes sense completely. Nobody likes bugs. Nobody wants them. Although that, that bug movie was cute. Did y'all both see that? It's like uh-huh. the secret life of bugs. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's super cute. It's a cute movie. So cute. All right. So let's move away from the bugs. And can we just move to food right now? Because it's like natural to talk about something gross mm-hmm. and then move into something delicious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. Totally. So we got a question. Somebody said pumpkin cookies or pumpkin bread. Oh. Uh, pumpkin. Like, do I have to cho- I choose which one I want? Yeah. Pumpkin bread. Bread. Okay. Ange? Um, I hate these kinds of questions. Stress me out. <laughs> I guess mm, bread. You both would do bread. Yeah, I feel okay. like because you can put butter on it. Um, I, I guess you can put butter on a cookie too if you want. But sure, I might yeah. do a chocolate chip in my pumpkin bread. Mm, I was just I mean? gonna ask. I was gonna yeah. ask. Are you all team like? raisin or like cranberry i've seen that before or chocolate chip because y'all know i don't have to even answer that. you know chocolate is like where it's at for me but so both of you chocolate chip you think mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely i don't like raisins i don't I like raisin it. in my baked good that's weird I, I think that they're weird period i love grapes i just can't yeah. get down with a raisin like i pick it out of trail mix so definitely definitely not gonna go in my bread <laughs> No, and definitely so in that cranberry it's like oh we're trying to introduce a new raisin it's not it's just weird leave it alone so no. and no offense to amber who is our favorite cranberry farmer yes no offense, yeah, no no offense no. um but i always laugh like you know how you like go to like cookouts well i this is me anyway like i'll go and i see like a tray of like cookies or like bread and i'm like oh my god it's chocolate chip it's, it's gonna be so good and then you bite it and it's raisins it's rude who does that <laughs> There has to be a label on that. There has to be. <laughs> and then you try to like act polite because you don't know if like Kathy who made them is like sitting behind you and you're like making this like horrid face. I mean, yeah. raisins are edible, but like they are not even in the same category as chocolate. You want to know what was delicious? A friend of mine made pumpkin whoopie pies, which Ooh. I, this was a, this was a first for me. I, I don't know that I've ever even had like a true homemade whoopie pie, you know, the chocolate with the white frosting or whatever, the cream in the middle. Yeah. But she made the outside cookie part was pumpkin. Ooh. They were very chewy and the cream inside was delicious. And I was pleasantly surprised. I, they're memorable. They're good. So maybe we'll say we will all pick a pumpkin whoopie pie, forget the cookies and definitely forget the bread. The, uh, I don't uh, know. <laughs> this will, it will be very fun on Friday. I think that we should all put up like a our favorite pumpkin recipe, like what we would what we would use. That would be fun. Yeah, oh, we well, should totally do even that. if it's not a baked good. Because see, I'm a pumpkin soup person. Yeah, is I that okay? It, I yes. yes, okay. Of course that is. And actually, I am actually going to be making roasted pumpkin seeds today. Yum. Yes, I left one of our pumpkins out last night and the elk got to it overnight. So there's some teeth marks. So I'm just going to discard that part and we're going to use the rest of the pumpkin. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's good. Yeah, so I'll put up that recipe. All right, so one more food question. Well, it's more of a beverage question. One of Angela's friends asked our favorite <laughs> pumpkin cocktail. And this is in the beginning. Y'all heard me say we had to do some Googling. So literally we got the questions in. Angela sent them our way just so we kind of have an idea of what we're talking about today. And immediately my response was, ew, pumpkin cocktail. And so then I did some Googling because I'm like, is this even a thing? It is a thing we found. It is a big thing. People love their pumpkin cocktails. Yeah, again, it's just something I, I won't get. I can't get behind it. I, I can't get behind it with like the raisins. They're in the same category, but I, 
I mean, Maybe, yeah, go for it. Ange. Elizabeth, uh, my friend, is the one who sent this question in. If anybody's going to come up with a pumpkin cocktail that somebody's going to like, it's going to be her. So she just signed herself up for a little taste test. I was just going to say, can we put Elizabeth on the spot and see if she'll submit a recipe for us yes. on Friday? Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to Elizabeth. <laughs> I love that. That's okay. awesome. So we really, most of our questions had to do with more of the bugs and like planting and seasonal. And Stella obviously has more questions about pumpkins at this time. But if you both were to give one piece of advice to somebody that was never planted a pumpkin in their life, but really, really was excited to just jump in two feet forward and start planting pumpkins, what would your one piece of advice be for that person? Mine would probably be, be gosh, well, twofold. I mean, feed it well and give it twice the space that you want to give it. That's good information. Um, I think for me, it would be feed it. And then also make sure you get quality seed. Don't just mm. find a pumpkin or grab a pumpkin seed from a friend. You know, like just don't just take seeds from any random pumpkin because, um, you know, pumpkins aren't one of the easier things to grow. So just give yourself a good chance for success. Yep. Um, one thing that wasn't on our question list, though, that I did, I, I know is still tricky for me. And Mandy, you've helped me with this. Harvesting pumpkins is a tricky thing. Knowing yep. when they're done uh, is very easy to pick them before they're fully ripe. Yes. Um, in more northern climates like Minnesota, Wisconsin, you can leave pumpkins on the vine safely and allow them to sit there until the first frost and then people pull. Uh, but we have so many issues with um, squash bugs and that sort of thing that if I were to just leave them on for an entire summer until late October, early November, when we get our first frost, they'd be eaten. So Mandy, how do you tell when a pumpkin's ready? I'm excited to hear this answer because I don't know this. Gosh, I don't remember exactly what I told you, but it's kind of like the same thing when you you can kind of correlate it or a lot of people maybe have grown watermelon or some type of melon bef uh, before maybe growing a pumpkin. So you look at like the tendril and the stem and things like that. Um, sometimes the surface of the pumpkin will be like kind of dull almost like it looks like waxy, um, which is hard to, it's hard to describe, um, verbally, but it, it looks like it has like a, a wax on it. Um, and then always on the bottom, if they're laying down and they're not trellised, they're going to, they're going to turn a little bit of a different color and everybody starts to like kind of freak out, but that should tell you that they're ready. And I think there's a common misconception out there. Like there's this idea that, oh, you should Try to pierce the skin with your fingernail. And yeah. if it resists your fingernail, then it's ready. Here's the thing. I've never, ever, ever found a pumpkin I can't pierce with my fingernail. I mean, I don't know what the right amount of pressure is, <laughs> but I'm always piercing them. And here's what ends up happening. They don't store as well then because they've yeah. been scarred. So, um, yes, I do what Mandy says, which is make sure that it's dull. Also, I just kind of press on it because if it's soft, it's still growing. If the vine stem itself is a little bit woody, that's good. Um, 
But just know what the pumpkin skin color is supposed to be. If it's still green and it's supposed to be orange, it's not ready. And then um, just also know the approximate size of whatever it is. Because, yeah, each each species of pumpkin has its own sort of variation in size, but not that much. Don't Mm -hmm. pick something tiny when the pumpkin is supposed to be huge. So those things all come into play. Yep. Yeah, but it almost looks like the vines are like, starting to, they're like almost dead kind of it mm-hmm. looks like when the mm-hmm. pumpkin is actually ready to be picked mm-hmm. I had no idea I literally did so I just learned something new for sure for when I have my own pumpkin patch of course I yes. think the common thing is a lot of people will harvest them too early um and then it all kind of ties back into with um harvesting for consumption like in the like using it for cooking so then some people are like, well, gosh, I spent all this time growing this pumpkin. It actually doesn't taste very well, but it didn't have, you know, the appropriate time to harvest. Yeah, so yeah. You, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think when in doubt, leave it on the vine if you're not having a squash yep. vine bug issue. If nothing's mm-hmm. bothering it, just leave it. Because like Mandy said, the longer it's on the vine, the more time it's going to have to sort of encapsulate those sugars within yep. the flesh and it'll be sweeter. You got it. And if somebody were to pick a pumpkin too early, will it ripen after you pick it? Or is it or is it pretty much like, oh, shoot. Well, I learned my lesson this year. <laughs> no, they do ripen off the vine. It's just if you pick it too early, like way too early, it's just going to rot. Okay. Yeah. And it's also kind of like tomatoes. They will definitely also ripen off the vine. But if you let them vine ripen, we all know that they taste better, right? Right, right. right. No, that makes perfect, perfect sense. I, what I'm hoping is that if people are going to be carving pumpkins this year, that they'll tag us in them. Because I think it'd be so fun just to see the different designs and if they're like farm related or what people really come up with. So, okay. well, do either of you have any other items on the agenda that you want to talk about in regards to pumpkins and growing and harvesting anything? I just pay attention to seed packets. Find uh, a crop variety that is suited to the number of days that are in your growing season. Also pay attention to zone and grow what you're going to use. Don't spend a ton of time feeding and tending to a pumpkin plant that you're not going to eat eat or want to carve or want to store just because it's pretty and other people are growing it. Just grow what works for you, what you're actually going to use, consume, decorate with, that sort of thing. Yep. Because they do take up a lot of space. They sure do. So maybe I need to just not grow all the mint pumpkins. I mean, you could grow one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll compromise. Also, did you know all pumpkins are gourds, but not all gourds are pumpkins? Are pumpkins? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna leave it. I'm just gonna leave you guys with that. (laughs) And that's the end. (laughs) All right, Mandy. Did you have anything else that you wanted to cover? Add to this great pumpkin discussion. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of the big things. And, you know, as always, if there are any questions, anybody can reach out. Always. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Definitely Not Simple Life podcast. We hope you learned something about pumpkins because I most certainly did. And let's all make pumpkin cocktails today on this fine Friday. And we can all just, we can just have some pumpkin tipsiness together. And maybe we'll just order way too many pumpkin seeds. (laughs) So, all right, y'all have a good Friday and we'll catch up with you next week.